This is Coda Radio, episode 222 for September 12, 2016. everyone, and welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This week's episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining us every single week, battle-hardened and ready to rip the headphone jack off everything he's got, it's Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello, Mike. In the land of Cupertino, where the gods were cruel and random. And the walls were white. And yes, white like mirrors. They ripped off <laughs> little Jimmy's headphone jack <laughs> and told him, No, headphones are $160. Ah, and you must not lose one of them and remember to charge them. <laughs> and Bluetooth is fine. Uh, so that's not what we're here to talk about today, though. I mean, eventually, perhaps. But uh, I'm I'm happy to start the show off as requested in the chat room today, Mike, before we went live with a little coffee talk. Because I happen to know you're drinking yourself a little coffee right now. I'm drinking yeah. myself. Well, I'm doing a bunch of crazy things right now, health-wise. But uh, crazy is my definition. But, the well, I got a black screen. I got a black screen right there. Well, I can't show you exactly. But... I'm back on the bulletproof coffee. You remember ever talking about this? This this Ooh, crazy bulletproof I coffee. I do, I do, mm-hmm. I do. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of it. It, it really is a nice uh, replacement for like a for breakfast when I'm in a rush. I'm not going to do it every day, but I really I think it's. Uh, I don't use the uh, name brand. I just kind of put something together myself. But I tell you what, I have had more energy in the mornings than I have had in months and months and months. Probably all summer long. Um, it's been great, and I I've been. I've been able, I've been I've been able to sort of just stay well energized without the sort of caffeine crash um, until about one two o'clock in the afternoon where I just eat some lunch and I feel great. I mean I'm feeling really good. So there's always haters. You can always find people out there saying it's the worst thing ever. But I'll tell you what I'm here to tell you. I've been really enjoying the bulletproof coffee. So that's my little coffee update. What about yourself? Do you have a coffee update for us? I have a coffee from a great Android developer who from Puerto Rico, though he doesn't live there, but the coffee's from there. So, yay. I <laughs> forgot the name of it because I am unprepared for class, just like Samsung. Oh, oh. you know, uh, you, do, you could have noted uh, you do have yourself a lovely Coda Radio coffee mug at the moment. I do, except it's on fire because I did note it. <laughs> oh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because this is happening in your neck of the woods. Uh, oh, geez, there's even there's even video. I guess I oh, guess it's actually super sad, right? Some kid just got his hand blown off. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. like not even joking. That's that no, really just it, happened. It's not funny anymore, right? When six year olds are getting. Yeah, what do you think about this? This is this is a total disaster. Just the way they're I handling think, uh, this entire thing. I ordered an iPhone seven plus. And I'm not keeping the note whenever it arrives. Although I got an email, it may never arrive. Whoa! Did you just did you just did you just tell me you ordered an iPhone Seven Plus? Yeah, the Plus. Boom! Big Papa, you got the Plus. Really? I, you know, it was you. You swayed me last week. Well, you and you know the. The FAA four edition. Yeah, what about the, the FAA? Yeah, the FAA is like no more Note Sevens on flights. That kind of this kind of sucks too, doesn't it? Well, I'm going on a flight in like two weeks, so yeah, I would like to. I'm are a big you? Fan so of you Audible. are telling me? Are you telling me right now 
that you ordered the iPhone 7 Plus, so you, you, you canceled the Note 7. To, wow, I'm actually a little shocked because I thought you've been doing quite a bit of Android development recently. Yeah, so I have, and it's starting to balance out with a little more iPhone 2. Um, but th- so it's, it's really a funny story, right? I never received the Note I was supposed to get, supposedly as a review unit, that my intention was just to buy. So you know, you know the deal with a review unit, right? You get it, you want to keep it, you just pay for it. Yeah, and often... You get it, and yeah. you decide, all right, this is something worth keeping. Right. Maybe I can contact them, and they'll cut me a deal or something like that. Yeah, I've never done the shady deal thing, Chris, because I am a purist, unlike you. Well, it depends on how used it is and how old it is. That's true. That's true. Um, my understanding is that it's not coming anytime soon because recall. So I also discovered that I'm on something called T-Mobile Jump on Demand and have been for like a year and a half. What I did not know is that I was entitled to at least four phone upgrades at this point, and I have been purchasing phones from like Google outright. This is this is this is so this you are such an entrepreneur in some ways because it's totally one of those little details that you could have been saving money all along. (laughs) I would save like a thousand dollars on phones. So I called T-Mobile. I'm like, what? what, what?" And it was literally in the blue. Like, what can you guys do for me? I have this problem. You know, I'm using a Nexus 5X, but the battery life sucks. And the guy's like, you know, you have like four upgrades, right? So I'm like, oh, how much do I pay? Nothing. What do you want? So deal was I could get the base iPhone 7 Plus uh, in the regular black, not Johnny Ive black, for nothing. I mean, they've, they've been charging me, so it's not nothing, right? They've been charging me like $25 or $30 every month that I have not been using a phone from them, which is great. But yeah, so I just went ahead and did that. Wow, man. Wow. I, uh, so why the, why the big one? Why the well, pl- why the monster? So all this talk about, you know, my son Reese taking photos, blah blah blah. And then I was listening to you know the Apple uh, fanboy show. Pick one. There's like seven. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm gonna go iPhone. I'm gonna go with the good camera. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I, I follow you there. United Airlines and the FAA were like, "Yeah, dude, you're not you're not bringing that note on." What about the what about the elephant in the room though? Uh, the uh, the headphone jack. Oh, it's not an elephant. I have on my head right now a very expensive pair of Vimoda headphones hmm. that will not work. Now adapter, right? So I have been searching the dongle for the Lightning to headphone jack. Does that degrade the audio signal at all? It has to, right? Well, I mean, you're stepping down from digital to analog, so there's going to have to be some loss. You were doing that anyway. You were stepping down yes. anyway. Yeah, I, right. I would think it's no more of a loss than it was just using the traditional analog I, headphone jack. I mean, the, the odds of me not so, – so I have multiple problems with this phone, and it wasn't an easy choice. One, I drive a 2009 Toyota Corolla, or 2008 rather, which does not have any kind of Bluetooth because it's from 2008. And has one of those auxiliary jacks, you know, 3.5-inch millimeter, blah, blah, blah. I don't trust myself to remember the dongle <laughs> to plug in an iPhone. But I'm assuming these dongles are like dirt cheap yeah. if I want to buy If you could, if you could monoprice a pack of them and then just leave them hanging off of a headphone. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like Amazon's going to make an Amazon basic version and I will buy a pack of six. Yeah, that kind of – yeah. yeah. Um, the headphone jack thing to me doesn't seem like a huge issue because um, – for me, for me personally, it'd be mostly Bluetooth, anyways. But I'll tell you, it's not the first. It's not the first. That's why I'm kind of surprised it's such a big deal. It's it's not 
not by a long shot, the first smartphone not to have a headphone jack. I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but it's definitely, I mean, hell, the HTC Hero or whatever it was called, the first yeah. Android phone didn't have a headphone jack. The first iPhone didn't have a headphone jack. It had a mod- well, it had a mod- Yeah, mod- it had a deeply yeah. recessed headphone jack is what it had. <laughs> but I don't understand, you know, I, I do a lot of driving, right? I frequently drive to Maryland. Um, I frequently drive to, like, Pennsylvania, places like that. What happens on my three-and-a-half, four-hour drive when I'm listening to Audible or, you know, one of the Jupiter Broadcasting fine programs and my battery hits like 20% and I don't have a Bluetooth, you know, the car I drive is not Bluetooth equipped, rather. Mm. What? So far, I see no non-$80 way around that, right? I think that company came... I think is it Belkin that? Yeah, I was just gonna with, say Belkin. Yeah. Well, there's a, I think what is it? It's forty bucks, right? I think it's 40 oh, is it bucks. Only 40? Well, that's, that's less crazy. But that's that's, still... that's ridiculous, though. Really, you're not gonna want to buy. You're not gonna want to buy more than one of those ever. And by the way, why didn't they throw in a headphone jack into the? It, it just it goes to. It just takes one lightning port to two. I guess the assumption. I mean, I have. I am like filthy in lightning cables because yay Amazon Basics. Although those aren't really lightning cables. Those are lightning to USB 2. Crap. That's terrible. Yeah, but I, st- I still, you know, a lightning cable comes with every Apple device you buy these days, basically. You know, I, I've been, so I want to, I, I have a developer kind of angle on this topic that I've been sure. thinking about recently. Oh, yeah. There's a big one. That's, that, go ahead. Um, I guess I'll start with this. I uh, I've been really kind of kvutzing about Android N on the Nexus 6P recently because it seems like a pretty good release. However, there's several features that none of the apps, literally not a single one of my apps now has been updated to take advantage of. And so notifications don't work properly. Yep. My, my alarm doesn't work properly. And yep. I'm constantly having issues with my Android Wear apps that don't seem to work correctly with uh, Nougat now. It's really, it's really been disappointing because while Android N itself is a really nice platform, the developers are incentivized to target 4.4 and not Android 6 and above. And here yeah, I am I on know, Nougat. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, you know, we've been talking about for months now that I've been working on this giant two or three Android projects, and no one cares about Nougat. <laughs> and these people have the money to care. So as a, as a, as a, as a person who follows the security news, I find it, I find it almost kind of dangerous to use a phone that doesn't get active security updates. So I'm not inclined to go get the, something like the S7 because I would already be starting to get annoyed that Nougat wouldn't be out for the right. S7 if I was if I had the S7. So that doesn't seem like a viable thing. And I also, I today I hit, today I hit the ultimate wall. This is the sin. This is the sin that there is no greater sin for a phone to commit, in my in my estimation. Blow off some kid's hand because I I don't think you're going to top it. Okay, okay. Personally, to for me, personally oh, for me, yeah, enough. you're right, you're right. That is bad. That is the Note Seven blowing off a kid's hand. I can't top that. Okay, yeah, but I mean, who, but that is a new benchmark which has never been set before. Before and to be clear, we're, we're laughing, but that's horrible. It like, is. If I'm, this, if I'm this kid's mother, I'm I'm owning Samsung in two. Did years, you see like, also I, a guy's Jeep caught on fire? Yeah, I, I didn't know if that was real. It is. I think it is real. That is real. As well, I guess I, I don't know. I, I, I watched the report on a local ABC affiliate. and You know, I, I had drafted a post uh, the day before all this crap came out saying that if iPhone doesn't put up, Samsung is going to win this year's release. I am so happy I didn't publish that. Mm. I have no idea. 
Hmm, yeah. And then I drafted a second post saying Samsung fails to get away from their Apple knockoff reputation by blowing things up. Like Dark Matter, Dark Matter Dev points out the chat. This is a real issue here. He says, I'm still on 4.4, and my S3 hasn't received security updates in a couple of years. That's frustrating, right, Dark Matter? That's, you, know that that's a, you know that's a problem. That's very yeah, I mean, I don't want to hammer the Android update thing too hard because we seem to do it every three weeks. Okay, you're right. Let me tell you go what ahead. happened. What is Let your me... mortal sin? Here's the mortal sin today. It is my second child's first day of school. She was congratulations. Go... Thank you. She 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 started kindergarten today, Abigail, okay. and I went Uh-oh. to take a picture of her getting on the school bus. Uh oh. And my camera crashed. On my oh. and it's 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 been doing this more and more and I got the cannot connect to the camera air, it jumped down and of course by the time I got the camera relaunched which takes forever she was already on the school bus. Oh, so uh, did you also order the iPhone Seven? I did. <laughs> yep, I did. I, I did. <laughs> so mad, man. I'm just done with this. I can't so, stand this platform anymore. I'm done. I've got. To, I'm going to take another. I think I'm going to take another year off. So basically, you, you and I channel Donald Trump. You're fired. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although uh, I didn't go all in or nothing crazy. I got the uh, smaller one because I'm also I'm done with the larger phones in my pocket thing. I sit here at the table all day long doing shows, and I have this huge brick in my pocket, and it drives me crazy. Yeah. You know, I was I was on the bench, and I I thought I was just going to order. I was actually planning on ordering the small white one. Um, and when I got on the phone, the guy just. I don't know. I just went for the big black one. I realize how this sounds. But what can I say? Once you go plus, you never go back. Yeah, I went. For, I just went for the dark matte black. Because I think the shiny is going to be the... the yeah, so that's yeah. what I went for, the plain black. Yeah, I, I think the, the jet plus. black is going to be... It's going to be scratch crazy. It's going to get scratched to hell. It's pretty, yeah. and yeah. I would have had to pay something for that. So. I, I, the, the, the point, it's, it's funny... Because it's Linux that made me make the decision. Because I, I sat here on my phone and then I thought to myself... Why the uh, FFFing F isn't this at least as stable as my Linux desktop? It's got a Linux kernel. Why? Oh, it's not. Even my 5X is far less stable than my yeah. Retail. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that is now my benchmark is my phone has to be at least as stable as my Linux desktop. So can, can I bitch out Android just a little more for a second? Okay. <laughs> I mean, dude, this thing, this thing prevented me from getting a picture time. of my daughter getting on the school bus for her first day of school. You could go all episode if you want to. <laughs> I was at a wedding this weekend, and my wife was obviously with me. She takes a photo on her iPhone success. I take the same photo of the bride and groom, practically, you know, within a second or whatever, on my Nexus 5X. My photo looked like some savage had come with, you know, pig's blood and, like, drawn a picture of this girl <laughs> and her husband. Her photo was like, we've stolen their souls. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. I was like, all right, so, so maybe these people have a point. They're on, you know, the first photos from the iPhone Seven have been published, and they they do not look like uh, they do not look like camera phone photos. No, they look pretty gorgeous. All right, there is a dev topic on the headphone jack. I'd love to hear it. Let me hear it. All right, there is a, a common use case for the headphone jack, and I think the place most people will have seen it is with like Square yeah, or absolutely. PayPal. Yep, yep. You can actually do a lot more than that, and I I have over the years seen at least like. 100 RFPs for people wanting to do devices that plug into the headphone jack. The reason for that isn't that the headphone jack from the 1800s, which is literally when that was invented, 1870-something, is such a great technology. It's because that's an open technology and you don't have to pay anyone to do that. Where 
you know, so you could take risk, right? If you have $50,000 and you want to bet it on making some prototype of a dongle or whatever, you could maybe do it. 50000 probably not enough, but you could try, right? Where this lightning port, and I think something that hasn't really been reported is that every since it's proprietary, every single peripheral not only has to pay Apple a royalty, but actually would have to get a license from Apple and therefore go through some sort of approval process. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with the Made for iPhone program. I, you know, loosely, not not from like an intimate standpoint, but I'm familiar with it's like a, it's a certification people, process. It's a certification process, but it's a certification process in if you don't have it, you can't actually ship this peripheral. And what's so that's a huge deal, right, for people trying to innovate on the platform. One other thing that Apple slipped into their earbuds is this W uh, W1 chip. That's also proprietary, and you need a license. So if you're going to make third-party earphones and you want to use the fancy Apple iCloud Bluetooth pairing so you don't have to do the obnoxious pairing thing every time. By the way, the fact that they think iCloud is going to be a better solution, I find troubling to Wait a minute. How the hell are these headphones? So my understanding is I actually assumed it was like NFC or Bluetooth LE because you pair to the case essentially, right? Use it. Right, but then there's a, there's some sort of software tie-in with iCloud. You didn't see that part? No. <laughs> That's, that so, is something else. So let's just say my iCloud account is like Michael at Buccaneer Tech, right? I would pair my, if I'm crazy enough to buy them, Apple earbuds for $160, by the way, to my iPhone 7 Plus. Let's say later I go buy new earbuds because I invariably lose them. If I'm logged into iCloud, it can automatically sync it somehow. Or if I buy another – actually, the, the real use case is if I get another iPhone and then I activate my iCloud account on it, it can sync to the headphones. Are you, are, you, are you telling me they have somehow integrated cloud services into headphones? Uh, I think the iCloud integration is actually on your phone, but yeah. Oh, that would make yeah, sense, have, yes. There is the chip in the headphones that enable this, yeah. Yeah, wow. This is something that uh, – wow. It's all 100% proprietary. So let's take it a step further. If you are Bose or you are Vimoda, who I, I know I'm the only person who still thinks Vimoda is good, but it's fine. You can theoretically make regular Bluetooth headphones. Actually, you can totally make regular Bluetooth headphones. And your customers just have to go through that horrible experience of pairing, and it sucks. I'd had to t- I had to pair to my wife's car this morning. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can pay Apple some amount of money. <laughs> license that chip from them, presumably buy the chip from them since they manufacture it, uh, or rather they contract someone else to manufacture it, of course, and then you get the magical iCloud stuff. So my, my point is, I'm not saying these are bad features. I'm not going on the anti, I'm not going on an RMS soapbox here, but the iPhone 7 Plus is literally the most proprietary iPhone there has ever been, or rather the iPhone 7 family, plus, non-plus, doesn't really matter. Simply because they've removed basically the only analog out there was. They removed almost every remaining open standard from that device that you can integrate with. And they've made the existing one, Bluetooth, which I am not a defender of Bluetooth as crap. I I listen to vinyl records because I'm an idiot. But I can tell you that vinyl sounds better than Bluetooth. Now, do you you, uh, subscribe to the idea that, well, removing the headphone jack was inevitable? No, I don't understand how that could be inevitable. Yeah, I don't. I guess fact, I, I, I want a 
iPhone 5 design phone. I don't need it to be thinner, but that's a whole other thing. I guess I have I guess I've I've been led down the path to understanding that when a quote-unquote water-resistant phone does fail, it generally does fail either at the USB or headphone jack. And so I've I don't know that about that. But yeah, it uh I think that's it is for people that, you know, like just people that want to be like at I Really, the last time I really used my headphone jack a lot was when I was at the airport and I wanted to listen to a podcast with the person I was traveling with, and we just took one pair of headphones and, you know, shared it, shared an earbud. That's so, disgusting. well, I know, but <laughs> you, you didn't swap them. <laughs> I don't, even, I don't even know what to say to you now. Just <clears throat> keep moving. Here's what I decided to do. I decided to do. I decided to try the iPhone upgrade program. So uh, the way it works. Oh, so you're paying double for your phone? Although no, no. Talk, I've been paying T-Mobile for a year and a half. No, no. I'm. Uh, it's it's so it works out to be thirty five bucks. Well, thirty six bucks, I think, a month. And um, it's just thirty six bucks a month. And then next year, when the uh, when the iPhone eight comes out, which you know is probably not going to be an iPhone seven S, it's probably going to be an eight, unless Johnny Ives has taken another year off. Um, hey, and that car's not shipping. You heard those leaked documents in sneer quotes right yeah so i i suspect that what i'll do is uh i'll just this will be this will be a sustainably priced way for me to be able to try the iphone upgrades when they come out but if i want to save up my money separately and buy a, a flagship android device from time to time to test that as well um i think that's that's probably hopefully a system that'll work for me that won't break the bank because i really you know th- one of the things one of the things about this phone is the no headphone jack and the removal of the physical button actually make uh, it make it a rather controversial phone, and so it makes me more inclined to want to actually physically try it, so I can come on the shows and and have a really honestly informed opinion about what works about it and what doesn't work about it and what it's actually like to live with the phone, versus reading a bunch of blogs and then sort of coming to one cohesive theory on it. I mean, you don't want to crib somebody else's opinion from Recode and just regurgitate that. Exactly. Isn't so, that what we do at? I feel like this is. A, I feel like this upgrade program might be a sustainable way to do that. Uh, I also like that but, it just comes with Apple Care protection. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. kind of nice. So, from a development like I do Android and iOS development, I realize that um, I don't want my phone to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, the iPhone just makes sense, and the Android. Galaxy phone, not Galaxy, rather. Uh, definitely not the Galaxy phones right now. The Nexus phones are always cheap enough that you can just buy them in cash. Um, and that's a great Android test device for the year. Yeah, exactly. That's my that's my thinking that's, as well. That's kind of the plan going forward. It may change if something happens. I mean, if I do end up with a Note 7, I will put on my hazmat suit, a Kevlar vest, and just for good measure, pick up a rifle, and I will test it and review it. But uh, I feel like if anybody's listening to the show, they're not sending it. I feel like part of it was um, I've recently come to the you know well not recently but over the last couple of years I've realized there's a le- there are legitimate pieces of hardware now that you can you can just expect are going to be released every single year and some of these pieces of hardware are actually worth picking up and having an opinion on for the types of work that we do either be development yeah. or even you know covering it in the sense well, of the show. I had to buy a seven no matter what because of that true color display. Right. How many times have I come on a bitch about Samsung's displays being different? <laughs> oh, this is gonna. I, I, oh, I, I can't wait to hear how this is gonna. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I almost didn't want to bring it up on the air, but I guess I should. Right. So the true color display. Here's the deal. It displays more colors. Mm-hmm. Duh. But what that means in practical terms is that 
your hex codes or your RGB codes might look or or rather will look different on the iPhone 7 Plus as they do on the iPad Pro 13 edition. Uh, 13, I don't know what they call that. The, the one I have, the big one. Then they do on, let's say, an iPhone 6. That, like, 99% of the time, that probably won't matter. But there's going to be that one time where someone's like, uh, you've marred my branding on this phone and I need it fixed now. It must which, be this color. Which, which sounds silly, but I cannot express to you how many times that has had with Samsung phones where a customer's been like, oh my god, my cousin has a Samsung S3 because it was always the S3. And the shade of blue is wrong. And you had to like do something weird where you went in and like change the hue or whatever. It's, it's horrible. But yeah, Apple's bringing that sort of pain to the table. You know, really, if the camera is functional and it works, I'm going to be happy as an end user, but I can totally understand your pain there because for me, that's where I'll probably most noticeably know the truth to the screen is when, in, when I take pictures. Well, it's not that. That, that's where like every stakeholder who has nothing to say decides to say something. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> That is definitely the piece where ever the little the little detail that everyone's going to nitpick, everyone's got an opinion on. Absolutely, I, I, so I, I, I rather, love those kinds of situations, and by love I mean hate. I would rather be prepared. I've learned the hard way that not testing on the crazy device with different colors is a mistake. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, what what do you feel about this? I mean, you know, iOS ten. I, I wrote a post on Buccaneer IO um, about some of the new APIs. It's been out for a while in beta. I have not run it yet, other than on a test iPad, which I always feel like the iPads are not a great. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's like they don't even fully work on the iPad to the last two months or something of the beta cycle. Right. It's the gold release that works on the iPad and nothing else. Um, I, I was hoping for more iPad love, actually. Like I was, I know it wasn't going to happen because it didn't happen at DubDub, which I can't believe I said. But don't you feel? I don't know, like a little shorted by iOS 10. Is it just me? I've not tried it. I've been, I've been, I've been so immersed in Android for for a while now, uh, with with M and then N that I, I have not even tried iOS, and I just figured I'd try it when it comes out. I think what it is is I've been doing a lot of client work on Android and kind of working on my own apps on iOS, uh, specifically for the larger iPads, and I, I keep running into like user flows where. Uh, I'm looking for an Apple API that I wish did this kind of app-to-app communication or some sort of multitask integration thing in a way that is more helpful. Uh, kind of like Mac. Remember that OS we have over there? Mm. We oh, no, I'm not familiar with that. Is that still so? It, it's not. <laughs> apparently not. I mean, they don't make them anymore. So, <laughs> hey. And it's not there. It, this is version 10, right? It, to be fair, I mean, the, the speech, and that's what I put in the Buccaneer IO, the speech-to-text or uh, speech recognition API is very cool. If you haven't tried it out, try it out. It works best in Swift, but I believe it does work in Objective-C. Um, Swift 3 is scary and horrible, and I don't know why they're changing this quickly, but okay. It's only horrible because it's, it's, a, it's another radical change for the language in a short period of time. The new notification stuff is interesting, but I have concerns about what about legacy code, much like on NuGet, right, where like Google could have solved that in a way that makes sense, but they chose not to, which is a whole other issue. I have seen what you've seen with notifications on Android 7, mm. and I'm really hoping that doesn't have on, happen on iOS 10 for iPhones. I have a feeling Apple will degrade that nicely, where Android was like, no, your notifications just suck now. And, yeah. But th- there is... 
you know, on the one hand, there's a lot for developers here if you're really into messaging, <laughs> like in a very deep sort of way. Oh, really? Yeah, well, there, I mean, I don't want to play it up too much, right? Because, and I don't want to be mean to Facebook. I know people who work at Facebook, but the iMessage or quote, messages API stuff, I spent a lot of this weekend because when you're at your in-laws, API documentation becomes very interesting. Sure. I, oh, I hope no one heard Almost that. anything else does. <laughs> My in-laws are great. Hey-o. And it's, it's basically the same model as the Facebook Messenger API. I mean, it's, it's literally the same, but done much, much better. Which is fair, right? Because Facebook has to worry about browser compatibility. They have to worry about all these different users. I think it's a different user set. Facebook's a much broader crowd. eh, Maybe not than the iPhone, but... Why... (sighs) How often do you use the Messages app on your phone? And would you consider using it interactively? Gosh, I don't use it a lot. However, I was just recently thinking about switching back to using it uh, in conjunction with Telegram to sort of separate out my different types of communication because I've got family and work mixed right now. And right. and so um, I was thinking about giving it a go when the uh, when the Internet Phone 7 arrives. Mm, otherwise, I, it's not. It's not. I mean, like, Telegram is really is my messaging platform. Is your mess- See, I use Slack all the time. But oh, I, yeah, I I've got Slack, too. I do, yeah. I can't imagine myself, like, ordering a pizza and iMessage. It just, it just seems weird. Um. Where I wanted to see changes in iOS 10 and where no one wants to give me them is on general quality of life stuff, as just as a user from, for the iPad and the iPad Pro. But I don't deserve that because I'm a bad, bad man. <laughs> and how about some like better multitasking and app integration? Natively, of course. Can I, can I have that? I wonder, what, I wonder if next year... I, I suspect that all of that, the headphone jack removal, the uh, button that doesn't move... It's all building towards a new phone for the next release, for the for the 10th anniversary. And so maybe this is when you also see dramatic changes to Internet OS? Maybe. I mean, they have this wonderful device, though, the iPad Pro. That's a freaking beast. And it really is, you know, it really should be a laptop replacement for a whole slew of workers, salespeople, whatever. But the software is so kludgy. And they I'm not even saying, like, implement it at the OS level and, you know, let me just tie into it with a simple API. But give me some sort of ability, even if it's, you know, you're, they're close, right, with the share extension stuff. The extensions model as a whole is much better than the crazy-ass URL schemes they used to use. Yeah, that, yeah. But, you know, they're eight yards there, and it just, I just need to push. Like, I need to just drag his ass across two more yards to get to first down. And somebody was watching football this weekend, and I can't do it. Let me give you an example. I am writing a writing tool, which is, I know, I understand it's very circular. And one of the things you may want to do when writing long-form content is refer to your sources in a way that's not, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that your sources might be in Safari. But what if you use Chrome on your iPad Pro? Because Safari does have a nice way you could do a share extension, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, you're screwed. Or even worse, Firefox. Mm. Although, honestly, if you're using Firefox on an iPad, maybe I don't care. But there, there just should be like an easy way for me to add like a little extension to the other app. Or some sort of permissions, or, or I, I hate to say it, I hate to suck up to Microsoft again, 
the contract system they had with the WinRT API. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what I want. I'm surprised they didn't rip that off. Well, they sort of have with extensions, but again, they they went eight yards and they just stopped. And I and to be fair, Android has almost the same thing with intents, but their deal is I'm a link, do what you will with me. And it's kind of like the problem is all these apps spam your intent uh, directory and they're like, oh, I handle everything. Mm-hmm. So when you click something on the Android share action, yep. you get like, oh, every app on your And phone. once you've had an Android and phone that's a couple of months old and you've installed a few dozen apps, it starts getting laggy. Or if you bought it from Verizon, all their shit thinks they can do everything. So, you know, oh, they man. It's so like so close, and I I almost feel like something happened, and we'll never know, where the iPad Pro hardware was released with a very different uh, software model in mind, and for whatever reason, it didn't come out for the iPad. I mean, Star Trek, right? I want Star Trek. I want to be able to, you know, whip out my tablet and be like, yo. Dr. McCluskey. What's her name? Dr. McCluskey. Pulaski? Oh, Pulaski. Or no, you can I don't go want Crusher. To talk to Dr. We're not. Or Crusher. I mean, Pulaski's only in one season. I want to talk to Dr. Crusher. That is definitely the one I want to talk to. Okay. Or you know what? On a good day, Worf. <laughs> be like, hey, what's up, Worf? Let's go to the holodeck and be 1940s detectives in San Francisco. Not, hang on, Worf. I have to click the home button, open the other app. It has to refresh from suspension. Come <laughs> back. Uh, Star Trek, yeah, it's never the, the the promise of Star Trek hasn't quite been delivered yet, hasn't quite happened yet. Although you will have wireless communicators in your ears, and you can have cloud servers over at DigitalOcean.com. That's right, spin up a cloud droplet, all with less than I don't know, probably I've heard I've actually heard thirty two seconds, but the the official line is fifty five seconds, less than fifty five seconds to spin up yourself a droplet. Just use our promo code Coder Digital, one word, apply it to your account. And get a $10 credit. DigitalOcean.com. Go try them out for $5 a month. You can get 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer. But DigitalOcean also does their pricing hourly, which is great when you're testing or building a project and you want to just experiment a little bit. And then if you want to throw it in production, their rigs are super powerful and very, very, very fast. DigitalOcean has data, center, data centers in uh, New York. They got them in San Francisco, Singapore. Uh, they got them in Amsterdam, at London, and Toronto, and Germany and India, so they've got locations everywhere. So you can have a worldwide presence for an incredible price. You can manage it all with a really great interface that makes it easy. It's it's great. I mean, it's it's good for any kind of application design. But the fact that you're managing virtual servers and spinning up systems with applic- entire application stacks and taking snapshots and backups and managing SSH keys and DNS, and they've got an interface that makes it so easy. That if you don't even know what I just said, you can still do it. That's pretty sweet. They also have a straightforward API, which the developers in the audience will take advantage of. There's some really great code you can already just uh, run with or uh, take it. Take it. Just go do you create something yourself. They've got a fantastic documentation on how to use it. Check them out over at DigitalOcean.com. Just use our promo code CoderDigital. Also, if you haven't yet, mess around a little bit with their uh, brand new block storage, high available, live resizing, reliable and secure SSD-based block storage. DigitalOcean.com. Use the promo code SnapOcean. Nope. Coder Digital. SnapOcean, so those other guys. Coder Digital is how you support this show. And by the way, if you've been listening for a while, maybe in the past you've used SnapOcean, you might be able to use Coder Digital too. It's possible that still works and you can get a $10 credit and support the show. I'm not sure because uh, 
I think Coder Digital was literally the very first promo code I ever applied at DigitalOcean, so I tried it a long time ago. Use our promo code CoderDigital, one word, at DigitalOcean.com, and a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring this here Coder Radio, a program. Yes, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Droplets. Delicious mm. droplets. Do you have any more uh, on the phone stuff? I do have a couple of other items of business. No, I think we should move on because uh, I think all the Linux folks have turned off their radio. Good. So now let's talk about the things they'd actually be interested in. What do you say? Now that we've scared them all away. <laughs> all right. This uh, first post is why I'm dropping Rust. And I thought, okay, we've, we've really covered Rust in a very positive tone for a long time on the show. It'd and we f- really love divorce posts. <laughs> <laughs> and we do. And it would be fun to just sort of break down one on Rust. So why I'm dropping Rust, here it comes. Rust ecosystem, since Rust itself is reasonably young, is still in a developing stage. For some use cases, WebSocks or serialization, for instance, this, you know, that's fine. It's, uh, there's a lot of solutions that are quite popular. For other use cases, Rust is still lacking. One example would be OpenGL GUIs. While I know, uh, while I didn't know, though, what I didn't know, sorry, what I didn't know, though, was that when you hit rock, when you hit a roadblock, finding a solution feels like navigating a jungle. Oftentimes, there are multiple answers that seem like solutions to your problem, but due to a minor detail, can't be used. And he cites some, he cites some three solid examples in here where uh, he kept getting solutions and solutions and solutions that didn't work for him, that didn't quite work. In conclusion, he says, there are some good things about Rust as a programming language. I quite like the way Match works. I like the idea behind traits, much like the interface in Go. I like Cargo as a packaging tool. But when it comes to their implementation details of traits and reference counting and impossible to overwrite behavior of the compiler, I'm just forced to say no. This will not work for me. Seems pretty just rational. Say no to Rust. Seems pretty rationable. The uh, the uh, can't overwrite the behavior of the compiler. That might that might rub people the wrong way. That could, I could no, see how I, that would. I, I I'm not sure that that's a good thing you should be doing. But I'm not a Rust expert. <laughs> I know, right? That's what uh, I was thinking. So, so I I, I kind of want to take this sideways. I think, and his reasons for not using Rust, other than his weird stuff about the compiler which may or may not be weird. Again, I don't know a lot about Rust, so maybe that's something people in Rust do all the time. It's totally cool. Are all reasons maybe it was just too early to adopt Rust? Is that... I know I know. I tend to hew on the conservative side of things, but... Ah, Rust is not that old, right? I mean... It I think had, we have a winner-winner right here. I think, I think that's exactly what it is. Winner-winner right. chicken dinner is uh, pick something that was technically cool, had a lot of hype. Maybe that's the problem. Right. We have talked about how sometimes the hype around some of this stuff oh, leads people to use a way. Last week, I went on a rant about how, like, stop taking downs and putting JS behind them. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. might have been this. I, I mean, things also mature, right? I mean, I, I, I will have to say that I did spin up Xamarin Studio again over the weekend. It was a very productive weekend. Whoa. Um, and it's a lot less terrible. In fact, I actually tested for the Xamarin Forms uh, Android image bug that screwed me over before, and it no longer exists. Hmm, that's they nice. Fixed it. So I, I would be, I would challenge the writer of this, though. Again, I, I know he didn't write it directly to us, to go ahead and wait a year because I think it's been about a year and a half since I bitched that was Xamarin for the first time, sure. and try Rust and see if you don't feel a little different because. You know, age and maturity go a long way for some of these new platforms and new languages. I agree. That's all. That's your wisdom right there in, in a nutshell? That's profound. That's it. That's profound. Yeah, I, I, obviously, 
hey, if you love Rust and it's your side project, go ahead. I don't I don't know that Rust is particularly bad. Um, I just think Rust is kind of new, and that's a problem. <laughs> if if you're in a production environment, right? It's the same thing when people, you know, to be fair, people challenge me on Docker a lot, and. The pain I have had with Docker, though I will say that other than their crazy CLI incompatibility, which I still, we got a lot of email about that, or I did on Twitter at least, I would still say that that's just bad planning by Docker Incorporated or whatever they're called. That is a byproduct of not being, uh, you know, super mature. I agree with you, yes. You know, it's funny because while I completely agree with you in principle, I have been that guy who is putting something that's super cutting edge into production simply because it was the only way I could get a simple thing done. And uh, there, there's several examples, but I, I have several times had to had to do something that was a little risky, a little, a little, or putting it into production a little bit earlier than it probably should be. It happens. Yeah, it, Even though I happens. know you're right, it happens. Well, I mean, who hasn't migrated to Swift on Swift version 2 only to find Swift <laughs> 3 hasn't? breaks half of your shit? I mean, oh no. Uh, yeah, yeah, who hasn't? Who hasn't? Who hasn't indeed? Uh there's also another another article that I wanted to mention uh, this week. What I didn't understand as a junior programmer. I remember the first time I saw a code base over a million lines. It was my internship at a large 10-year-old system in multiple languages. Thousands of unit tests organized into several projects and DLLs that would take the whole night to recompile. Some of the projects had complex build processes requiring extensive scripts, and even our source control had custom hooks preventing us from committing code that didn't follow our style guides. It looked like it would take a week just to read through all the documentation, and my lead programmer told me it usually took people a year to understand the project in depth. In depth. But my internship only lasted for three months. Mm, there's something like custom hooks. And he said, wow, is this what it takes to be a real programmer? He ended up having nightmares <laughs> and having a lot of stress. Uh, anyways, it's a really great post about some of the lessons he learned. It's a great post. And, you know, I did comment on it in the subreddit. He, if you read the whole thing, he's actually on the edge, on the cusp of a realization. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't quite get there. You should push him okay. over the edge. So I, I did in the subreddit. I commented on it. The I again. I don't know if the person who posted this is actually the person who wrote the post, but the, the problems you're facing and and functional people get your pitchforks ready. I'm about to eat some crow. Are a byproduct for the most part of having a lot of state in your source code and having a large legacy code base. Now you can't not have a legacy code base unless you somehow convince the business people to rewrite everything every year. Which, if you can, that's awesome, but I doubt it, and it doesn't make sense. More and more, you know, state, especially mutable state, is super fragile. Yes. Right? And that's not new. It's just something that I, in particular, and I think a lot of people have been coming around to as functional programming has resurrected from the 1970s, basically. (laughs) You know, as I'm writing more Swift or even more Java 8, which we should talk about next week in the show. Um, with a much more functional style, using lambdas with Swift. I'm avoiding classes, basically, at, except for UI, at most, mostly any time I can. You get, you, you get some advantages of functional programming. And what I mean by that is you eliminate a lot of shared sp- state. 
do you, uh, Chris, how deep do I have to go into this? Do you think people understand what I mean by shared state? Or I assume so. Um, and okay. I think, you know, your, your general premise, too, of how it's something that's a revelation that you've been coming to, that the entire industry has been coming to I'm, for a while, I think it's probably, probably commonly accepted. I, I still don't think, um, you know, like the folks who are saying, oh, just drop Java and use Scala or whatever, right? I don't think you need to be a zealot about the functional stuff because some things, UI in particular, I still feel OO is just the most sane way to do that because UI is state, right? It's the state of the UI. So it makes a ton of sense that that would be totally stateful and mutable and all that. But, you yeah. know, let's, think, let's just lay out a simple example. You have objects A, B, and C. Okay. A needs to talk to B. But unbeknownst to you, C has mutated some field on A, and now you're screwed when mm-hmm. you call A's method from B because you have no idea what the hell happened. Right. And the reason you don't know that is because A, B, and C were written 10 years ago, and somebody was lazy at one point and mm-hmm. I definitely know, ran made, into this before. made some property public and said, go to town C. Right. Can't say I've never done it. Done it all the time. But it, it is something that... You know, particularly on the mobile side, as mobile apps are becoming larger in scale and actually like pieces of enterprise software that need to be maintained for years and go through several developers' hands, avoiding state whenever possible is becoming the right thing to do. And as these functional techniques and functional uh, language fi- features, uh, in particular in Java, right, where Java 8 has lambdas and all kinds of good stuff, you, you become more able to do this in the mainstream languages that you've been doing for, you know, 10 years. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that I, I'm still not on board with the everything should be functional. All the C sharp developers should write F sharp, and all the Java developers should go ahead and write Scala, even though Scala is not that functional. Um, I will say that I've seen some pretty gnarly Swift already for people who've gone full Kool Aid on the functional stuff. Sometimes a little bit of local state might be okay, but there's definitely there's definitely something to be said for blending the best of both worlds here to get you know, a nice, repeatable OOUI and have your business logic be more or less, uh, you know, let's call it diet functional, right? The more you know. Hmm. I think uh, you summed it up pretty good. I should go, I should go find your comment on the subreddit because I, really I really liked what you said there because it was just very succinct. It was basically just re- repeat after me, state is fragile, I think is essentially what you said. But yeah, I think that's exactly <laughs> State is fragile. <laughs> yeah. State is fragile. Yeah. That was well put. And just keep that in mind is every time you're building up something like that. Mr. Dominic, uh, I have uh, a little mention to do right here for Linux Academy. And then I want to get into a little plugsy plugs for uh, for you and uh, some job openings that are going up. So linuxacademy.com. Speaking of jobs, oh, you want to get a job. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. That's where you go to learn more about any technology built around the Linux platform. And, of course, OVS. The essentials of Linux itself, the real down and dirty stuff, the advanced things, building into the entire stack. Speaking of stacks, they also have great courseware on OpenStack, Azure, Amazon Web Services. If you want to learn Python and Ruby development, even PHP like Mike loves, Linux Academy's got courseware on it. You start at linuxacademy.com slash coders. Visiting that page is a vote for the Coder Radio program. It tells them, hey, I heard about it over there on that show. Thank you for supporting them, and I'd like to learn a little bit more about you. You go there, then you click on the Features tab. they got a video for you. they got everything listed out. In fact, if you scroll down here on this Features page, just look at some of the highlights here. They have hands-on scenario-based labs that give you real experience on real servers. They have self-paced in-depth video courses on every Linux cloud and DevOps freaking topic. Learning paths, which are a series of courses and content planned by instructors. Instructor mentoring is available when you need it. They have specific cert training, iOS and Android apps, and great 
freaking study tools. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. Go there, support this show, and a big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. So the hunt continues for an iOS dev or an Android dev for a few, a few weeks of work over there with uh, Mr. Dominic at the Buccaneer Tech. You can email jobs at buccaneertech.com with a little bit of info, like your portfolio and your rates. The hunt continues for not Red October, but for just the right dev. What is just the right dev, really? How do you know? Well, so so uh, we're looking for a little bit of uh, overflow help. This is a contracting 1099. Sure. It's like a temporary thing, but you pick it's up some temp- work, get some stuff done. Right. Yeah. I think uh, that's we nice. We have a few of our own internal things that we need to get patched up for iOS 10, a little bit of a UI overhaul. So, you know, this is not, you don't need to be super senior, but you need to know how to work your way for the iOS stuff, which is the more felt need right now. You need to know your way around um, auto layout and interface builder. Yeah. That's uh, not a high bar. So there's probably No, it's really not that bad. Yeah. yeah. So check it out. Uh, and of course, uh, I'll have a link to the tweet if you want to reread that in the show notes. Did you know, I haven't, I don't know if I've ever mentioned it. Maybe I should, but we do have a Coda Radio sticker you could put like on your laptop or I don't know where you Sweetness. put your stickers my ass but oh. oh maybe on the back of your cell phone on your new iphone uh, 7 there mr dominic you uh put there on the uh, there you got the coder radio sticker right there you could add that to your cart they got a bunch of other great stickers to it jupiterbroadcasting.com slash stickers um now you're gonna get your phone on friday In november no no <laughs> november really yep see i'm so, i think i might be getting mine sooner than because i did the uh upgrade program I got it through T-Mobile, and they sent me a confirmation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah see, the, my, I went with the Apple Upgrade program, which was through Apple directly. Yeah, yeah, I know. <clears throat> so I'll have an opinion on the all those things, and I'll be able to tease you a little bit. Maybe. Uh, although, I'm going to be out of town when it probably comes, so I'm maybe not. I might not actually have gotten a chance to use it by Monday. Uh-huh. Well, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to that their release notes conference. Oh, yeah, I we haven't mentioned that in a little bit. Release notes. Yeah. Tell me about that again. So this is uh, a little weird for me. This is an iOS developer conference, but there's a focus on like indie developers who are trying to desperately make money on the App Store. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really going to make people sad. I say no, consulting, do consulting. It's better. Wow, that is coming up really soon. The 27th. Uh, wow, the 27th. you know, it's funny. Yeah. I'm going to be at a conference on the 27th too. I'm going to be at the um, huh. at the Software Defined Networking Summit uh, in Seattle. So there you go. Amazing. Why, why is everything... Oh, Seattle? Yeah, Seattle. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, do you have a date named uh, Satya? Uh, no, no. It's being put on by the Linux Foundation. In Seattle? Are they crazy? It happens from time to time. Yeah, it does. It's happened a few times now. Jeez, that's right. I remember we talked about this last time. The release notes.tv is where you learn about it. The tickets are not cheap. No, no, they're not cheap. I, I'm really hoping that this doesn't suck. I have to be honest. As soon as I bought it, I was like, uh, this could be terrible. Well, um... It's a tax write-off, so that's good. Yeah, it's a tax write-off, and I'm told the hotel has a good bar. Oh, that's nice. It's got a picture yeah. of Jason Snell on the uh, on the front page or on yeah, the. So this this will be interesting because this will be actually one of the first conferences that I go to, other than um, that's not entirely true. This will be the first non-platform vendor sponsored conference. There we go. That I go to that is only iOS. Usually, I tend to go to things that are like mobile web development, right, or you know, just put on by some usually bigger contracting house or body shop or whatever. Well, I'm actually yeah. really interested to hear how how you feel this was value-wise because it's damn near $900 to go. 
And yeah, it was real. I'm, I'm, you know what? Yeah, it's but iPhone seven I'm, plus expensive. I'm kind of glad you're jumping in and doing it because it'll be good to know if because who whoever really wants to take the leap and do that. And so now you can come back and tell us, and maybe other folks listening in the future will be able to make a decision. Well, I've I've made a commitment for this next year to go to more things. Yeah. Now, if they're all going to be nine hundred bucks, that's that's going to be a pretty short lived commitment. Yeah, I I I think that's 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 a touchy t- that's going to have to we're going to have to actually net some results. But if it pays if it plays out. I think right. I think that'll be a really cool story to hear back. So either way, I'm curious to hear how it goes, but I hope it goes well. So that's on the 27th uh, through the 29th. So, so right. you'll be in Indianapolis. I'll be in Seattle. So there'll be no show. <laughs> no, well, we'll it's on Tuesday. That's on a Tuesday, isn't it? Oh, it is on. All right. Yeah, yeah it's on a Tuesday. Right. Yeah. Yes, there'll be a show. So we'll be okay. All right, Mr. Dominic, is there anything else we want to cover in this in this week's show? No. Um, just go to Buccaneer.io and uh, DominicM.com for snarky posts about Samsung. <laughs> And don't worry, just because we have iPhones is not going to turn into the iOS show. I got plenty of other things to be curmudgeons about. And you know what I realized, too, which is kind of cool, is it's only $6 to have another line, so I think I'm just going to keep the Nexus 6P active, too. So I'm just, I'm just going to wait until around and see how the notifications things plays out. So and I, your carrier's plan is complete. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it might be mobile that makes sense, but when you have too many phones, no, it, it should be fine. It really should be fine. And I think then I'll actually still have the ability to check in on it and see how it's doing. It's just the daily driver is going to be the Internet Phone 7. Well, I'm actually probably going to keep the line with the Nexus. In fact, I should have probably just opened a new line. Now, eh. A lot of times I also I will hand off the phone to somebody in JB that's nearby so I can sort of observe their use with it and ask questions and pontificate on how things are going. So there will be yeah. much more coming. Thank you for joining us this week, though, and we'd love to have you live. If you'd like to hang out in the chat room with us, just go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Don't forget about that subreddit. We love having the feedback there. Thank you to Chaotic Linux for all the great submissions this week. Coderadio.reddit.com is where you go if you'd like to participate and take some of the burden off his shoulder because he is rocking it over there, but he's only one man. Jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact where you go to send us an email. I'm at Chris LAS. Don't forget to follow the network at Jupiter Signal, and we'll see you right back here next week. We'll be right back. 